Welcome to episode 25, Sports and Songs. Today is May 15th, 2020. I'm your host, Dan, and along with me is Andy. Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, thank you. Well, we're up to episode 25 on the fastest growing podcast in Western Carver County, and we've got a big show today with a lot of sports notes, two weeks worth of this day in sports. We've got a musical segment that's going to be very good, and we will, uh, I think we'll start it off here, get the weekend started here on this Friday, and we will right. we will go with that. Uh, let's see, Andy, I'll, I'll, right. I'll pass it over we'll to you. We've got a lot of images here to bring up for the show, and I'll let, let okay. you talk about this day in sports history and notable birthdays and whatnot, and um, I'll just bring them up here for the viewers to see as we go. You want to do the history part first? History part, yeah, let's do that. Okay, well, we'll start back two weeks ago on May 2nd, 1999. John Elway, also known as known as Horse by some people for that smile of his. Horse face. Announced his retirement from the NFL. Yes. Yes. Um, and a birthday for that day, 1985, Kyle Busch, a NASCAR driver, was uh, born in 1985. And you'll be able to see uh, NASCAR again this weekend on TV. So you'll look for him in a big M&M's car. May 3rd, 1992, New York Met Murray hits his, 20, his 24th person to hit 400 home runs. May 4th, 1982, and I vaguely remember this as a kid starting to get into baseball. And let's, uh, Twins rookie outfielder Jim Eisenberg. Yeah, let's hold off uh, one second. I'm just getting the image up here, Andy. Here's an Eddie Murray photo okay. in a Mets uniform. You like, you love this, right? All right, let's see it. So this is the Eddie Murray in a Mets uniform here, and then we just had John Elway up before that. But let's get to the next topic. I think this is a good one for the Minnesota fans here. Go ahead. Yeah, Jimmy Ivanrink. Um, a lot of them might remember when he was with the Cardinals. He played for the Cardinals and had a playoff run back there. But in 82, he started out with the Twins. Um, Jim Eisenberg suffers from Tourette's syndrome. And I remember he had issues with games. And when I was 12 years old when he started, 11, 12 years old, uh, he removed himself from a game because of the taunts from the Red Sox Bleacher fans. I know Phillies fans are jerks, but I never thought that from a Red Sox fan until I read that. So. Yeah, that was, that was 1982. Yep, yep. Uh, 1991, New York Mets, Mackie Sasser and Mark Carrion are eight combined people to hit back-to-back or consecutive pinch-hit home runs. That's nice to see for the Mets there. May 5th, 1904, Cy Young pitches, pitches the first perfect game in modern baseball. The Boston Americans against the Philadelphia Athletics, a 3 nothing victory for Mr. Cy Young there. Birthdays, 1883, local boy, Charles Chief Bender, American baseball pitcher and the only American Indian in Baseball Hall of Fame. He uh, pitched for the Philadelphia Athletics. All they list him down is this born in Crow Wing County, Minnesota. Don't mention if it was Brainerd or Baxter or what town. They just mention it was Crow Wing County. Uh, he was uh, three times he was World Series champion in 1910, 11, and 13. And he pitched a no-hitter on May 12th of 2010. He was elected in the Hall of Fame 
May 6th birthday, Yankee Thunder and Willie Mays. American baseball center fielder uh, with the Giants and the Mets. A say hey kid. Uh, he had 660 home runs with the 1954 MVP. He was born in the state in Alabama. I believe he's godfather to Barry Bonds also. If that's memory serves me correct there. 1990, Jose Altuve. Uh, soccer baseman for the Astros was born. And Altuve is the one you remember with the Astros. The little guy, I think he's like 5'6 or something like that. But uh, well, he got some other issues, but his birthday, good player nonetheless. Um, May 7th, 1959, Roy Campanella night. Largest baseball crowd ever. They had the game at the LA Coliseum. They had 93,000 people there to see the Dodgers' Sandy Koufax beat the Yankees 6 2 in an exhibition game. 93 plus at the LA Coliseum. Uh, May 8th, 1973. Ernie Banks of the Cubs, Mr. Cub, fills up for the Cubs manager, Ray Lockhorn, Lockman, who was ejected during the game, technically making America's first African American baseball, or first African American manager in sports. 1973, May 8th, Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub. Eight, uh, 1984, Kirby Puckett. Debuts of four singles for the Twins. There's Kirby right there. Uh, May 9th, birthdays. Tony Gwynn, baseball player, eight-time All-Star for the Padres, was born. Tony passed away in 2014. Um, picture there, Tony Gwynn and Ted Williams, the 1999 All-Star game in uh, Boston. Um, Tony Gwynn, in my opinion, and Ted Williams are two of the greatest hitters ever. I feel so lucky to have seen Tony Gwynn play. Um, just his sweet swing. Look at some of the stats for Tony Gwynn. Just incredible. Yeah, his number of batting yeah. titles alone. Uh, it's incredible. Right. Yeah, he was just so fun to watch. Such a pure swing. He was uh, known for staying up late and watching video all the time. Now, when did he so die? Uh, 2014, um, was it? Seven, 2014 of uh, cancer. He, he uh, enjoyed his chewing tobacco. And that was, uh, he'd go out at 3 in the morning to get more chew. He'd go through chew all the time. And that was the cause of his death. Um, a lot of baseball teams, you notice, see a lot more sunflower seeds getting spit around. And because of that, a lot of teams have barred or banned chewing tobacco because of that. May 10th, birthdays. 1923, Herb Carneal, uh, Twins broadcaster, from 62 to 2006 was born on this day in Richmond, Virginia. He passed away back in 2007. Herb Carneal, him and uh, John Gordon did Twins games for years. Yeah, he's a Ford Frick yeah, winner. He's a one uh, Ford Frick yeah. award winner, right? Yes. Um, got that in 96. Okay. Uh, 1980, Pete Rose, at the age of 39, steals second, third, and home in one inning for the Phillies. Yeah, I've got a picture of him up here. That is, uh, read that again. That statistic is unbelievable. What he what he did at especially at age thirty nine. Yes, he stood second, third, and then home in one inning. Now I did look up the stats. I don't know if it was a base hit or a walk how he got on base, but he the first, the second, third, and home. And I loved watching Pete Rose play as a kid too. I remember mean, just because of the whole Charlie Hustle thing. He just Go, go, go. And uh, I don't think I was like that about him. Even though the end, he was go, go, go all the time. You know, the, he was uh, uh, one of a kind of player to watch. 
know, one of the best at all times. He's time. played so many positions too. He played, played all the infield positions through his career. So versatile player. And uh, also a little known fact because of what you see, Pete Rose was also a switch hitter. Just you always see him bat left-handed because the majority of the pitchers are right-handed. Pete Rose was a switch hitter, so the all-time hits leader for a switch hitter is Pete Rose. Uh, first base, 1964, Floyd Yeomans, uh, Expos pitcher. Uh, childhood friend and high school teammate of a guy named Blake Gooden. They were buddies growing up in Florida together. Mm. Um, and he was one of the players dealt to the Mets, or from the Mets of Montreal Expos, in the Gary Carter trade. So that's kind of interesting there. May 12th, birthday of 1925, Yogi Berra. Everybody thinks that Yogi is just his one-liners and his wisdoms and stuff like that, but he was an 18-time All-Star. He was a manager, 13-time world champion of the Yankees and the Mets. MVP in 51, 54, and 55. So he wasn't just a funny guy behind the bench. He wasn't just a Bob Uecker. He was a good player. And yes, Bob Uecker was not a good player. <laughs> um, Bob Uecker was just a voice and made it more as an announcer and commercial guy afterwards. Yogi was a, a good player. 1959, Dave Christensen um, of the Olympic gold medal team in the 80s. Uh, from Warrior, Minnesota, was born this day in 1959. Here we go. Image. Um, there we go. Very good. Uh, I think he had a couple copies. I think he played for the Winnipeg Jets as close as he got to playing for home. was playing with the Jets. So. Good job from Mr. Dave. Uh, May 13th, 1983, Reggie Jackson is the first major leaguer to strike out 2,000 times. Now, that's a stat that I, to a nicer. I did not know that stat until I, uh, until I read the pre-production meeting here uh, today. Very interesting. You know, I wonder if that's over. You know, if longer careers, I thought someone would have had that number beforehand, but nope. Uh, interesting. Reggie was the first. Congratulations, Reggie. May 14th, 1996, speaking earlier of Dwight Good, this time with the Yankees, no hits to Seattle Mariners, 2-0. I'll call it Dwight's uh, comeback, cleaning himself up, got the Yankees, and uh, no hits to the Mariners. May 15th, birthdays, 1929, Gump Worsley, uh, born in Montreal, he had passed away in 2007, had a pretty long career, ended up with the North Stars. Uh, some facts I was reading about that is... Uh, it taught Gumper to come out of retirement. He was a part-time brother with us, and he kind of came up with me for four years. You see the pictures of Gumper back when goalies didn't wear masks or helmets. Oh, yeah. Let me bring that up. That's a great, great shot. Here it is. Uh, I've got it showing up an action shot of the goalie there. No masks, nothing. And a great shot, old school all the way. Our boy Gumper, right here. There he is. Uh, May 15th, 1918. Let's listen to these numbers. Washington Senators Walter Johnson pitched a 1-0 18-inning game. Double header, both games, all 18 innings for Walter Johnson. Now that is incredible. The big train. There is. 
Johnson. Lots of early stats here with Walter Johnson. If it wasn't Cy Young, it was Walter Johnson setting pitching records back then. Birthdays, 1981, Justin Morneau of the Twins uh, led over to the Colorado Rockies. And here we go. I think he played the Blue Jays for a year. I can't recall at the end of his career. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, he was good. I remember the reason he had to retire. His concussion is why he had to retire. Early, he was, uh, I recall, sliding to second base, and the guy went to the throw and beat him right in the head with the throw. And yes. Hit him just right, just close enough where concussion bad enough he had to retire early. Yeah, it was nothing nothing major. You know, watching that replay over and over was uh, nothing too major, but uh, sure enough, that's that's all it takes. Uh, and so he never recovered you know, fully from that, but great player. And then um, for birthdays, you got one more birthday. I missed one. You don't have it on your notes there. Um, just a second here. I can find a picture here. Hold on. It's, um, let me just say this. Uh, wait, hold on. Hello, have shoot. Jordan baseball legend Dan Hennon turns 50 today. Ooh, wow. And yeah. Yeah, that's a picture of him just on the Facebook page. Him and Bud Grant, the picture of young Daniel there. Um, yeah, he's he's Jordan baseball legend. Just ask him. He, uh, <laughs> he's, so there you go. Fifty years old today. Also known as Favorite Auntie Cindy's oldest boy. Oh, yes. 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 That's what I got for sports history and birthdays. Um, got, and then you can see there's our logo of all other uh, social media sites, our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, a blog, and uh, you can find us on YouTube. Just got to search. Sports and Songs Podcast. Don't have our own URL, URL yet. We're getting, there. We're getting there. Not in the budget. But uh, let's do regular sports news. Are you ready for that, sir? Yes. Uh, I would like to uh, plug, if we could, here, uh, an interview I did that I'll be showing on the on the anchor uh, on the anchor page here. Uh, here's a little blip of the interview uh, about the hit assist. So basically, uh, that'll be on the anchor uh, version of the episode today, that interview, 15-minute interview with the co-founder and inventor of the Hit Assist, local local guy here in Carver County. Uh, Andy, I, got, I can't hear you, Andy. All right, how's that? Can you hear me now?
Hello. Let's see. Can you hear me now, Andy? I think I lost Andy's audio. Andy, can you hear me now? I can see you, but I cannot hear you. I think when I played that uh, clip, I lost the I lost the audio. Yeah, let's go to the next segment. Uh, in fact, do you want to drop off, Andy, and then uh, join back up again? Yeah, we're going to get Andy to join back up again. In the meantime here, um, he's going to come back with the additional sports and other information here as we go along for this episode. Once again, the episode number 25 for Sports and Songs. Let me get him back on here on the line. Streaming live. <laughs> I just saw the image there of the Bud Grant photo. That's awesome. So what we've got here is there's our locations, ways to meet us, uh, ways to find out uh, about the podcast here, our various Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube locations, places to find us. There we go. Andy is back. There you go. Andy, can you hear me now? issue there sorry about that oh no problem i don't know if it was on my end or not i brought up that that youtube clip of the uh the hit assist and then um once i closed that down i lost your audio feed wow. so i think that's what caused it but i'm not sure but let's go ahead right. let's go ahead with the rest of the sports news here for the all week right. all right we'll go to uh regular sports history stuff oh yes uh casey o'brien Gophers, your colors again this year. He came out and was a place kick holder for a couple, and everybody got excited and couldn't figure out why. Well, Casey O'Brien back on the 8th of May put on his Twitter account his last day of chemo. He's a five time cancer survivor. He put on his uh, Twitter account, last day of chemo, five time survivor. God is taking care of me again, surrounded by all my hero doctors and nurses. Thankful to be treated at the best hospital in the country, University of Minnesota Children's. Yeah, I've got the image up there now. There he is. That's Casey O'Brien. Yes. Five times. I mean, that is unreal. And he's still in his early 20s, so he's being taken care of. Um, go for news. Uh, hockey, Big Ten Coach of the Year. Go for Coach Bob Mazzacco. Uh, Coach of the Year, congratulations, Coach. And three members of the all-freshman team, Jackson McComb, Ben Myers, and Jared Moe. Also, uh, to be eligible for, for academic Big Ten merits, student athletes must be on the varsity team, 
be enrolled full-time at the institution for a minimum of 12 months and carry a cumulative grade point average of 3.0 or higher. Uh, eight University of Minnesota programs featured academic Big Ten all-star selections. Uh, women's gymnastics leading all winter programs with 15 selections, while men's swimming and diving and women's swimming and diving had 14 honorees each. Men's gymnastics and women's hockey both had 11 honorees, and wrestling featured eight academic selections from its rosters. Men's basketball and women's basketball each had five student athletes earned Big Ten merits. Um, local college down below us, Iowa, had two local people on there. Academic awards, Thomas Pedersen, a junior, uh, health and human psychology from Minnetonka, Minnesota. He's a uh, men's swimming and diving. And women's basketball, Monica Susano from Watertown, a sophomore biology both made it down. In the Big Ten, also, 23 athletes in all the Big Ten maintained an unblemished cumulative GPA. And one was from Minnesota, and that was Lindsay Kowalski, graduate student from Minnesota for women's swimming and diving, and she's taking teaching. When I looked all these up on the Big Ten, you can see it on the Big Ten's uh, uh, Facebook or their website. Michigan State swimming and diving team had, I kid you not, about a dozen members on there. So very good. Congratulations to them over there. And Michigan, but all athletes right here. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, NASCAR starts up again on Sunday, and the uh, schedule for NASCAR is out. For a couple weeks ago, you'll Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, to start out, first two weeks will be at Darlington, uh, Sunday afternoon at 3.30, these are Eastern times, then Wednesday at 7.30 at night on FS1, then next Sunday, the Coca-Cola 600, May 24th, that'll be at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and then that Wednesday night, also at Charlotte Motor Speedway on FS1, will be another race, and then Sunday, May 31st, they go to Bristol, and after that, they'll just keep going back to their Sunday schedule again for NASCAR. So we'll get them going. It's be empty stadiums there or empty tracks there for them. No fans. And from what I understand, the broadcasters are going to be at a studio location. They're not going to be in the uh, at the track at all. So they'll be there for that. It's very interesting. Get a little start of something back for some sports. So you may not be NASCAR fans, but you know what? It's all the way everybody watched the virtual draft. We're all thirsty for any sports we can get. We'll take what we can get. And so that's Sunday. Yeah. That starts uh, Sunday, right? This Sunday, yes. 3.30. Uh, coming up also June 10th through 12th, just coming up here, the Major League Baseball draft will be taking place. Um, so it's going to be five rounds. We've got to do a virtual like everybody else did. Uh, a couple of local notes here uh, projected in the drafts. Number eight, uh, one pick for ESPN there. Listening to the number eight pick for the Padres will be Max Meyer of the Gophers. Um, they're predicting him there. And projected at number 27, the Twins will take a Nick Lofton, Nick Lofton shortstop from Baylor. Three of the last five years, the Gophers have, or the Twins have taken a shortstop. So uh, you always hear stories of the guy who's drafted as a shortstop and they make him a second baseman or a third baseman or a pitcher. So every now and then you hear that story. So I don't know if he's got to go switch positions, if it's trade bait, not sure. But Nick Lofton at Baylor is projected to be a Twins pick. Yeah, the Twins uh, farm system, they do like that, uh, going after these multi-talented uh, shortstops. And then, like you said, they can either keep them there or move them because they're very versatile athletes to begin with if you're a shortstop. So you can convert them into a second base or a third base or an outfield or something 
but uh, that's very common to do that. You know, we got Royce Lewis here coming up, and so there's not much of a need for shortstop, but once again, he also can't have enough shortstops. Um, the projected schedule for the baseball right now is they want to start 4th of July weekend. Uh, they still try to throw an all-star game in, in at Dodger Stadium on the 14th. End of the regular season would be the 27th. And for some unknown reason, they still want to go ahead with the August 13th game in Iowa to field the dreams there between the Yankees and the Sox. Now, there is some trouble going on now. Baseball wants to do all this. Oh, great, let's all do all this. But some of these states may not be open yet. Like uh, this one here for Arizona. Um, they've announced that their stay-at-home order will expire on May 15th. Uh, Major League Sports can resume without fans on May 16th. That's for Arizona. Then you got states like California and New York are saying no dice. Sorry, no sports, no gatherings, anything else. Um, I've heard like the Dodgers and the Angels have been kind of going, hey, we got to find somewhere to go. They might play minor league parks. I know the Twins have their minor league facility in Florida they can go to and use. There's going to be no fans there, so it's actually get short revenue. I heard this morning an interview with some other players, and a lot of players saying they don't want to go. A lot of them saying they're not going to do it for half pay for chances of illness. Me, personally, half pay, you're getting $4 million still. I, I do a shot for $4 million. I think that's me. But I don't have a young family at home with a lot of these guys, so from where I'm sitting, I'd be okay. But I know Mike Trout has said uh, the Angels all pillar. He's not going to do it. His wife's pregnant. He didn't want a chance taking anything home to her or the babies. And I totally understand that. I respect that. It's just when I say I would do it, I would. I, my, my family's not home anymore. We don't have those issues. So certain players would be different. Young guys might want to take it as a chance to earn their keep and show they could do it. Uh, older players, some veteran players might say, hey, I'm still the star of the team. I can sit out this year and be back next year. Very interested with the players' union that agrees to, but uh, Major League Baseball has made their plan. If you watch the Korean Baseball League in the mornings on ESPN, they are playing in empty stadiums. Life is going on there. So I don't know. It's up to the players and the players' union what's going to happen now. So it should be very interesting. Basically, if you want to find out how you're going to do it, red states are going to be having sports and blue states are going to be watching sports. If you follow politics, kind of know what I said there, but not. That kind of summarizes it right there. But we'll see. And a lot of it's going to come up. It's got to come down to the players' union, payments, safety of the players, health of the players, how they're going to do it. That's going to be the big catch right there. Uh, the Big Ten Conference has also said that uh, they announced the other day that they have suspended all team activities through June 1st. We'll reevaluate them at that time. Uh, this is an additional measure, measure that previously announced cancellations of conference and non-conference competitions. Though, at the end of the academic year, this includes the spring sports activities. The Big Ten Conference will continue to use this time to work the appropriate medical experts and institution leaderships to determine next steps relative to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, basically, in short, college sports are canceled due to the summer, like we thought. They're waiting. College campuses are kind of going off the point where we're not going to have classes, we're going to have sports. So I think we're going to see what happens with that if these schools open up. They'll let students in. They'll let students in, they'll have sports. I don't see colleges playing at the arenas. That would be kind of silly. I did hear today, University of Minnesota, a lot of the coaches are taking pay cuts or paying back some of the salary. 
help with the finances of the school. Uh, Richard Pitino, P.J. Fleck, Lindsey Whalen, the, the big name coaches, all of them give a little bit back. Um, so that they're showing their part to help out, which I appreciate. I would just, like I said, if they're not going to let the students back, don't play the sports. It just wouldn't be fair to anybody there at all. Um, Canterbury Park. Let the horses run. They got a revised plan for a 52-day race meet. Uh, they submitted it on May 13th, revision of race dates for 2020, asking for a 52-day season beginning June 10th, including September 9th. The races will be conducted Monday through Thursday. So Canterbury Park's willing to want to try to get up. I've heard some casinos kind of want to get up because they have the on-track betting there. I don't know how that's going to work. That's something else being kicked around. But that's where we sit on those topics, sir. Oh, very good. And uh, that's very interesting here. What we'll do is that's all I've got for sports. You know, it's interesting to watch that, uh, uh, what the, each of the states there. But uh, we'll see how it, how it shows. NASCAR will be interesting on Sunday. No fans there. But I think that uh, that's really it. We can move on to the musical segment. Well, yeah, you look at the NASCAR one, it's getting that real quick. And no offense to NASCAR, unlike basketball or football or baseball, they can't hear the crowd cheering them on. they got enough noises and headphones and everything else there. They're not going to hear that rally or cheering from the crowd. Correct. So I think NASCAR will pull it off. Yeah, it will be interesting to see that, though. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll take a take a little break here and come back to the musical segment. Today's special interview, this is Dan. We've got a special guest, co-owner and inventor of the new product called the Hit Assist. Joining us today on Sports and Songs is Jason Durkovic. Welcome, Jason. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. truly appreciate this opportunity. Well, as the fastest growing podcast in Western Carver County, Sports and Songs is excited to bring this to our listeners, this new product. Uh, based right here in Chaska, Chaska, Minnesota, in Carver County, and your product just went live uh, this week. It just was launched and unveiled, uh, was it not? That's correct. Uh, just two days ago, we officially announced that on Facebook and other social media channels that we are live and online. Wow. And what is the website? Where can the listeners reach uh, your product to get this? Our website is thehitassist.com. I'm looking at it right now. There's uh, there's instructions for it. There's training. There's videos. You can also buy it online. Uh, does this company have an actual store, or is it online only? Uh, right now, we're only online, uh, online only, and we do, in the future, possibly plan to have some sort of a brick-and-mortar type of demonstration center where people would be able to come and try this out and see how it's helping their swing uh, before they buy it. But currently right now we're only online only. Oh, I like this, uh, this product. We'll get into it more, but uh, it, it, it's, it's not like, you know, some of these indoor hitting nets or these pitching pro pitching machines or swing away MVP uh, or the, or the junior bag, you know, for, for kids to learn. It's, it's a, something you can do at home, outside, in your own basement, in your own garage, you really don't even have to have a tee set up for a ball on it. Um, it really improves your swing. Tell us a little more about how it improves 
and who is this useful for? Uh, your website shows that it's that it's for whether you're a softball player, baseball player, little leaguer, pee wee. It's uh, it's really compatible with all sorts of uh, all sorts of people who want to improve their hit, their their batting, their swing, their follow through, all of that. Uh, tell us a little more about that. Well, the the hit assist is a unique apparatus. Uh, we call it a uh, training system. As you were pointing out, it's not like a, a batting tee or a training net. This is an actual something that hooks up along with the user. Um, it is starts off with a harness that goes around your leading knee as the batter. So if you're a right hand batter, it'd be on your left knee. A right hand or a left hand batter would be on your right knee. The harness, which then has an extended resistance cord, and also um, actually with the option to have two cords on there for dual resistance. Um, they're set at different lengths, and then that resistance cord gets hooked up to um, an adjustment strap that attaches to the bottom of your bat. So now, for the audience members listening, it, it just imagine yourself now transform as a big rubber band. So in the same principles as how somebody would draw back uh, a bow, like with a bow and arrow or a slingshot, in order to get that sling shot to shoot that object as far as it can go, or a bow and arrow to shoot the arrow as far as it can go, that requires separation when you draw back that bow or that slingshot. The further you draw that back, you get to that uh, maximum potential energy spot. That's what's going to release that arrow or that slingshot as far as it can go. So with that same principle, we put that and then have applied that to the batter's swing approach. So the problem I was seeing as a coach, I've now coached for 12 years and been a player my whole entire life. We have a lot of great contact hitters. I myself was a really good contact hitter, but sometimes I just never really seemed like I was really hitting the ball as hard as I could be, or as, as, and the ball was not traveling as far as it should be. So I started doing some slow motion analysis of my own swing, comparing that to the slow motion analysis of the greatest hitters of all time, and trying to figure out what it was that I was missing. And that's when I came across the concept that was being taught of creating a load or a separation. So load is a huge trigger word that you'll hear in the market. You'll hear them saying, well, the batter is really not getting a good enough load, and that's why they're hitting weak. So the contact may be there, but we're just not hitting that ball as hard as we can. So this, the hit assist apparatus, when hooked up with the, uh, the batter, as they're coming back into their natural swing progression, you feel that resistance reminding you that that's when your load is starting. So it sort of triggers your brain to wanting to pull back that band a little bit further to create more separation. So when I first had this idea from the concept for this product, I was just simply trying to create something that would build separation muscle memory for the user, something that, like you were saying, you don't have to be outside. You don't have to be on a ball field. I view this in my own living room. I, I do this in front of the TV. I stand in front of the mirror to see how, make sure that I'm staying consistent in my load approach. So I can use this anywhere. And especially in this day and age, it's definitely something that is uh, welcomed. And training from home is a, is a huge hit on the market these days. 
uh, as a lot of states are still being quarantined and some states are being let open, but we feel that charge coming back to baseball and this device is going to give that user the ability to be ready for when baseball does return. Yeah, I see on your on your site there's various videos of how to hook it up, how to attach it, uh, how to properly work on your swing. And like I said, it's a self, it's kind of a self teaching. You'll know if it's working or not uh, on your swing because of that elastic band. Um, uh, it, it's, it's very helpful that way. Now, when people order this online, they can go to the site, the hit assist, uh, place the order. What's the turnaround time and what should they, uh, what should the users then uh, expect as far as a package? Is, is this a, is this a big unit that's going to arrive on their doorsteps or a small package in a small box? Uh, is it FedEx? Is it UPS? How do they, what will they expect? Uh, what's the turnaround time when they order this product? Well, we do offer free shipping um, domestically with, within the 50 states, and it comes into um, like a small like envelope package. It's not really that big at all. It also comes with a carrying bag inside, so the user can put that in their baseball, softball bag as they're heading out to the field. Um, so it's, it's a very small package at this point. So very convenient, very easy to to uh, to handle. Now, what if a family has uh, several children in their family, uh, a youngster working on in, in Pee Wee or Little League, and then uh, an older uh, gal uh, that plays softball, and then perhaps a, a dad or a father who plays amateur baseball? Could one, one unit of these work on all three, uh, or is it meant to be that each three, each of these purchase their own unit? That, that is an excellent question. We actually, we do have um, the capability. This product is sort of a uh, one-size-fits-all. Um, well, obviously, we suggest maybe for the age of five and up to start using. So as a kid is just starting to learn, might as well get that reinforcement, that separation muscle memory drilled in right away when they first start swinging. So we can have ages five all the way up to as long as you can still be playing. This is very, a very versatile uh, as uh, it's very versatile as well with uh, members of the family or whatnot. And I see that you've got a uh, Instagram page, a Twitter account, a Facebook page, YouTube. This is going to be very interesting to get this out there uh, because it shows here what's included in the hit assist bag, the various uh, straps and whatnot. Now does the, it goes around your front or your leading knee and then attaches to the bottom of the bat. Uh, does it not? That's correct. Okay, so you really, to, to work on this and to practice uh, this, you don't even need a ball, a tee. You don't need to be shagging a bunch of balls out at a play field. Uh, all you need is really a bat, and then it hooks it up with that. And once again, it creates that elastic, uh, that stretch uh, with, with the harness and really improves the swing. What is the cost of one of these units? Uh, the cost is $99. Uh, and 99 cents. Very good, very good. And like I said, you are the co-owner and the and the found and the founder here uh, of this. This is basically an invention. And how did the process go? Getting the patent, uh, working on the patent, and applying for the patent, and things like this. Because there's nothing else out there on the market like this, correct? And that is correct. And that's um, I began this journey for myself as a player because I was. I was struggling. I, I would go to the ball field. I felt like I was hitting great in the 
batting cage, and then that wouldn't transition into the game somehow. So I was I was really struggling with what I could do to improve, and that's when I really started getting into the slow motion analysis of things, comparing myself, and and when I came upon that eureka moment of oh, I'm missing my separation, I, I immediately went to the web and I started looking up products for separation, and and all I could come across was a bunch of hitting gurus that were preaching the the necessity for proper separation, but I couldn't find any device or any type of real training system that would bring me to that point that would bring that separation muscle memory. So that's when I started thinking, well, what could I do? And I, and I just simply started grabbing a resistance tube. I would stand on it with my foot and pull it back. And, and, and I felt the, that resistance happening, and I felt like there was something there. Now, how could I fine-tune it? So, obviously, I wasn't going to just uh, put out a resistance band for somebody to step on. Um, it, it really didn't make that much sense, but it was giving me a concept of where to go to. So, when I really started analyzing the science of the body um, and how we rotate at our hip as our foot is landing into our into our stride and then our hip opens up. If you look down at your knee up to your hip and up to about like where your elbow would be in your batting stance, your hip is almost in that perfect centered spot. So I wanted to have something that would extend down below my centered hip area and coming up above. So that's when I came up with the knee concept and also to the bottom of the bat. So as a batter is in their batting stance and you look the halfway point of that, uh, the hit assist apparatus, the halfway point is right around the hip area. So this is a configuration that I said, okay, now how do I get this going? And I thought it was going to be as simple as, well, I'm just going to order up a couple of products, make up a prototype, and then we'll get this thing out of the market. Well, that was over a year and almost a half ago when from, went from concept to launch. I thought it was going to be a three or four month process, maybe getting some things going, but um, with the fine tuning aspects, with the patent searches, with all that stuff that's involved. And yes, we are currently patent pending at the moment. So um, it's been a long journey, but here we are and we're ready to go. Yeah, it's very interesting, very exciting time. Uh, what's the difference between on this unit if you're left handed or right handed batter? Uh, is there a difference at all uh, as far as just hooking it up, or would it just be the different knee, essentially, uh, for the user? Yes, uh, everything is identical between um, the setup on your knee. It's just the, it would go on for the leading knee for that batter. Um, there is one adjustment that comes up to the bat with the adjustment strap. So now, as the strap is affixed to your bat, um, we want the outside of that strap to be facing away from your hand, so this way as you're swinging, you wouldn't get caught up in any motion. So from a righty to a lefty, there are instructions on there how to just simply adjust that quick little strap. It's just a little quick switch over for a righty or a lefty batter. Perfect. And what is the warranty? Uh, what's the length of uh, someone putting down $99 for a product like this is, uh, is expected to last uh, three to five years or something like that, or what is the warranty? We, my business partner and I, have decided that we want to offer this as a lifetime warranty. We're so confident in the durability of the product and 
also just we want to be there with you from the start to the finish. So if the young kid is using this, we want to see this all the way up through college and even through the pros. We'd love to see it out on the batting, um, on the on-deck batter circle of an MLB player and say, yeah, I've used this thing since I was a kid. So we want to be there throughout that approach. So we're offering a lifetime warranty on the on any part, if anything ever were to um, start to fray or anything like that, just let us know and we'll send you out a replacement. Wow. So lifetime warranty. That's excellent. Uh, very interesting. And uh, now in closing, what is the contact information? How can they get a hold of you, The uh, a user, someone interested in this, uh, other than going to the website? Do you have an email address? We do. Our email address is contact at thehitassist.com. And our telephone number is 952-855-8880. Well, excellent. Well, thank you for your time today, Jason. Anything else on a closing thought here for your product? I just want to get that charge back to the field and, and let everyone know that baseball will return. So with the hit assist, we're hoping that people will be ready and, and not just ready, but game ready when they already have returned back to the field. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for having me. I truly appreciate it. All right. Thanks for your time. On the Sports and Songs Podcast. Let's see. Now, uh, typically here we use this uh, time for me to review an album, uh, album of the week. But this time, Andy, we got a good, uh, good, good thing here for you. A we've got a good someone. Uh, we got a special feature. Let's just put it that way. We got a special feature. Andy's going to take the take the uh, take the lead on this here, and I will uh, just kind of back off here and show you some images here. But go ahead. Uh, special tribute, if you will, an honor. Um, Little Richard passed away last week, and it's just Little Richard was such a great musical influence to everybody in all of music, from soul, rhythm, blues to rock and roll, as you'll find out um, through this little story on Little Richard. Richard Wayne Pennyman was born December 5th, 1932, passed away December 9th. Better known as Little Richard, he was an American singer, songwriter, and musician. Influential figure. In popular music and culture for seven decades. He was nicknamed the inventor, or innovator, the originator, and the architect of rock and roll. Pennyman's most celebrated work dates from the mid-50s. His charismatic sportsmanship, or showmanship, sports getting my way there, showmanship, dynamic music char- characters by piano playing, pounding backbeat, and rhapsody vocals, laid the foundation for rock and roll. His vocalization and rhythmic music also play a key role in in the formation of other popular music genres, including soul and funk. He influenced numerous singers and musicians across musical genres from rock to hip-hop. His musical helped shape rhythm and blues for generations to come. 1955's Tutti Frutti, one of Pennyman's signature songs, became an instant hit, crossing over the pop charts in both the U.S. and United Kingdom. His next hit single, Long Tall Sally, 1956, hit number one on Billboard's Rhythm and Blues Best Selling Charts, followed by a 
rapid succession of 15 more hit singles in less than three years. His performances include his period of resulted in between white Americans and African Americans and his audiences. In 1962, during a five-year period in which Pennyman banded rock and roll music for his born-again Christian Christianity, concert promoter Don Eden persuaded him to tour Europe. During this time, Eden had, had the Beatles opened up for Little Richard on some tour dates. Capitalizing on his popularity, Pennyman advertised advised them on how to perform songs and taught Paul McCartney some vocalizations. Little Richard influenced the Beatles, basically, is what we're saying right there. That's what came with the Beatles open for Little Richard. He worked with Paul McCartney, worked on some vocal styles and some songwriting. Pennyman is cited as one of the first crossover black artists reaching audience, audiences of all races. His music and concerts broke the color lines, drawing blacks and whites together despite attempts of segregation. People he's influenced included Elvis Presley, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, Bill Haley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Everly Brothers, Gene Vincent, and Eddie Cochran all recorded covers of his works. Taken by his music and style and personal vocaling, covering four years of Pennyman's songs in his own two breakthrough albums in '56. Pennyman, or Presley, Elvis Presley told Pennyman in 1969 that his music was the inspiration for him, and that's why he was the greatest. So here are the greatest band of all time, the Beatles, and the King of Rock and Roll, both giving Little Richard credit for their success. Pennyman was honored by many institutions. He was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as part of the first group of inductees in 1986. He was also inducted in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. He's a recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Recording Academy and Lifetime Achievement Award from the Rhythm and Blues Foundation. In 2015, he received the Rhapsody in Rhythm Award from the National Museum of African American Music for his key role in the formation of popular music genres and helping to bring, to the end, the racial divide, the music charts, and concepts in the mid concerts in the mid 50s. Tutti Frutti was included in the National Recording Registry, the Library of Congress in 2010, which stated this unique vocalization over the irresistible beat announced a new era of music. In 1990, Little Richard contributed to the spoken word rap in Living Color's hit song, Elvis Was Dead. From their album, Time's Up, that same year, he appeared in a cameo music video for Cinderella's Shelter Me. The following year, he was one of the feature performers in the hit single and video for Voices That Care that was produced to help boost the morale of the U.S. troops involved in Operation Desert Storm. He also recorded a rock and roll version of Itsy Bitsy Spider that year that led to the deal with Disney Records, resulting in him resulting in the release of the hit 1992 children's album, Shake It All About. In 1994, Will Richards sang the theme song to the award-winning PBS Kids and TLC animated television series, The Magic School Bus. It was based on a book series created by Joanne Cole and Bruce Deegan and published by Scholastic Corporation. He also opened WrestleMania 10 from Madison Square Garden on March 20th that year with his, with his rendition of America the Beautiful. Through the 90s, Will Richard performed around the world and appeared on TV, film, and tracked by other artists, including John Bon Jovi, Elton John, Solomon Burke. In 1992, he released his final album, Will Richard Meets. The name of his band, I'm going to blow that. Um, 
which featured Little Richard, and then that was his current touring band. He gave them credit in the name, and they went with it. In 2002, Little Richard contributed to the Johnny Cash tribute album, Kindred Spirit, the tribute to songs of Johnny Cash. In 2003, he appeared in one of the ads for a short-lived Tostitos Gold Tortilla Chips commercial. In 2004 and 2005, he released two sets of unreleased rare cuts. He released other rare cuts all the time. He's releasing old stuff. In 2006, he was featured in a popular advertisement for the Geico brand. In 2005, he did a duet with Jerry Lee Lewis on the cover of the Beatles, I Saw Her Standing There, which included on Jerry Lee Lewis's 2006 album, The Last Man Standing. That same year, was he was a guest judge on the TV series Celebrity Duets, where both him and Lewis performed alongside John Fogarty at the 2008 Grammy Awards as a tribute to the two artists considering them the cornerstones of rock and roll. Ray Charles inducted him into the con introduced him to a concert in 1988. The man that started the kind of music that set pace for what is happening today. Rock and roll pioneer Bo Diddley called him one of a kind and a show business genius and influenced so many other music businesses. Some more people he influenced, like I said before, Elvis, Buddy Holly, Bill Haley, all these names. Just, it was incredible the influence Lil Richard had on other people. Lil Richard, um, I'm sorry, Presley told Penham in 1969 that his music was inspiration that he was the greatest. About Elvis in the 1970s, Lil Richard said, I think the Lord is sending Elvis to open the door so I could walk down the road, you understand? Little Richard, Child of God, an interview with David Dalton. That's where I all came from. Um, the interview was where Little Richard was talking about other people and thanking them for it, but it's by David Dalton. Uh, GQ Magazine said that Payman is, without question, the boldest and most influential of the founding fathers of rock and roll. R&B pioneer Johnny Otis stated that Little Richard is twice as valid and important to historicals as Elvis Presley, the Beatles, and the Rolling Stones put together. Lenny of Motorhead once said, "Little Richard was more than a, my main. Was, Little Richard was always my main man. How hard it has been for him, gay, black, and singing in the South, but his records are joyous, good times for the beginning of, from beginning to end." So you just say that, Little Richard. Black man in the South, gay. His lifestyle just was not what the South wanted at the time, and still, he broke records everywhere. Um, he influenced generations of performers across musical genres. Some other people that were influenced by him were James Brown and Otis Redding. Both idolized him. Brown allegedly came up to the famous Flames debut hit, Please, Please, Please. After Richard had written words on a napkin, Redding started his professional career as Penny Pen Pen Man. The Upsiders. His first and first entered the talent show performing Pennyman PBGs, winning for 15 consecutive weeks. Ike Turner, the most of Tina Turner's early vocals delivered derived, was based on Little Richard. Something Pennyman himself reiterated and when he inducted Tina Turner's autobiography, turning back my name. Bob Dylan first performed covers of his songs on piano in high school, the rock and roll group, the Golden Chord. In 1959, when leaving school, he wrote in his yearbook his admiration and was to join Little Richard. Jimi Hendrix was influenced in appearances, but his clothing and hairstyle and his mustache 
to Sonic Pennant. He was quoted in 1966 saying, I want to do with my guitar what little Richard did with his voice. Others influenced by Richard in the early years lived included Bob Seger and John Fogarty. Michael Jackson admitted that little Richard had been a huge influence to him prior to his release of his Off the Wall album. The origins of Cliff Richard's name was a change from Henry Webb that he'd seen and took Little Richard from that, from his name, and singer Rick Richards. Several members of the Beatles were heavily influenced by him, including Paul McCartney and George Harrison, like we talked about earlier. Um, McCartney allied him in school and later used his recordings as inspirations for untouchable um, rockers such as I'm Down, Long Tall Sally. This was the first song McCartney, McCartney performed in public. McCartney would later state that I knew Little Richard's voice, which is wild, screaming thing, which is the wild screaming thing. It's like an out-of-body experience. You have to be living, leave your current, you have to leave yourself and go about the foot above your head and sing out. During the Beatles' Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, George Harrison commented, Thank you all very much, especially Rock and Rollers and Little Richard. So there, the Beatles were thanking Little Richard for everything. Um, just incredible influence. Rolling Stone numbers Mick Jagger and Keith Richard were also profoundly influenced by him, with Jagger citing him as, in his introduction to R&B music and referring to him as the originator and my first idol. David Bowie says he was an inspiration upon saying that he listened to Tutti Frutti that he heard God. After opening from, with his band Bluesology, a young pianist named Reginald Dwight was inspired to be a rock and roll piano player, later changing his name to Elton John. Also, earlier, Freddie Mercury credits um, Little Richard as being an inspiration for him before he joined Queen. Lou Reed referred to Little Richard in his rock and roll hero, the rock and roll hero for his songs. Um, Patti Smith is also mentioned that she loved Little Richard. Um, there are some other names coming up here. Uh, here's one here. Uh, the music of Deep Purple and Motorhead also were heavy, heavily influenced by Little Richard, as, lo- as well as ACDC. The latter's earlier lead singer and co-founder, Bon Scott, idolized Little Richard and inspired to sing like him, as did lead guitarist and co-songwriter Angus Young, who was first inspired to play guitar after listening to Little Richard's music and rhythm guitarists, and co-writer Malcolm Young delivered his signature sound from playing his guitar like Little Richard played the piano. Later performers such as Andre 3000, Benjamin of Outcast, and Bruno Mars were all cited as having lists of Little Richard style in their own works. Um, rappers have used them. Uh, Andre 3000's vocals and Outcast's hit, Hey Yeah, is compared to be an indie rock Little Richard. Bruno Mars admitted Little Richard was one of his earliest influences. Mars' song, Runaway Baby, from his album, was cited by the New York Times as channeling Little Richard. Prior to his passing in 2007, Audio Slave and Soundgarden frontman Chris Cornell traced his musical influences back to Little Richard via the Beatles. So with ACDC in there, you had Soundgarden in there, you had Motorhead, you had the Beatles, Elvis, you know, John Fogarty, all these people crediting Little Richard for all their success and all their influences. Yeah, Elvis Presley was the king. Beatles the greatest of all time, but without Little Richard, none of them would have been what they are today. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, very influential. And I've got the images up here of a couple of the uh, Little Richard images. So uh, very 
outstanding performer. There was a lot of stuff I saw during the research forum um, about his religion. His folks were very religious growing up. His dad was a deacon, and so he grew up in a religious household, yet his sexual lifestyle was so different. He wasn't your stereotypical. He, he uh, had an alternative lifestyle. He was married, but he also liked watching and he was, said he was gay and everything else. So that inner struggle, I can just only imagine what he was going through with that. But still, to be the performer he was, was just incredible. Wow. Thanks for the overview. That was very good stuff there, Andy. Um, yeah, to a talented guy he was. Well, this is episode 25. We're a quarter of the way through the century, Andy. Uh, any closing thoughts here uh, today? Um, like I said, you know, Major League Baseball coming back, the players and the unions have to agree on finances for it, uh, payment and everything else. We'll see how that goes. Are we basically be seeing the AAA teams playing in Major League uniforms? You know, cause like I said, those guys are going to play for their chance to get up. I don't know what the quality of play will be. I know it's something different. It'd be kind of like during the wartime when a lot of guys went to a fighting service and you basically had the AAA teams. Um, that's how Cleveland got their championships back in the day, you know. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, baseball, baseball. I love watching the Korean Baseball League in the mornings and in the afternoons as we play it. It's better than nothing. Uh, if we do get baseball back, I'm a little concerned on that personally because – all the other things that's going to do the travel. And you have so many more people besides just the players involved. Um, yes, the announcers can watch from home and announce like they do for the Korean baseball. But still, you got the umpires there. You got the field crew there. You got the cleanup crew there. You got the players, all this other stuff. Is it worth it? I mean, if they're not going to be trying or maybe we concerned, we'll see. Um, football, I know the NFL has their plans just in case. Hockey has just been sitting back and watching everybody else. So I kind of kudos to the NHL for that. <laughs> they're, not, they're not trying to be any front runners on anything else. NBA, I'm a little concerned too because that is one sport, a lot of contact without pads. Body, body, sweat, sweat right there next to each other. Not a doctor myself. I don't know if that's good, better, or different. We'll see. But if we get some back, great. If not, great. I'm not worried about it either way. Major League Baseball, I posted uh, on the Facebook page. There are 30 various links from MLB.com of uh, streaming on YouTube of old, historic, or memorable games in Major League Baseball that you could watch. So during this downtime, for those of you looking for something to do, uh, tons of links out there uh, of great, great games. I know Fox Sports North is showing some old uh, Twins playoffs, uh, the 87 and 91 playoffs and World Series uh, that are interesting to watch. Uh, so there's lots out uh, there to your, do. Is your league canceled this year or are you postponing? So far, everything has been uh, halted, not yet canceled. So we'll uh, hopefully hear more here, but uh, nothing here. I suppose we'll find out more after late after Memorial Day what's going to all happen. Yeah, by that or the first of the June for sure, we should know a lot more. By, the next, by our next program in two weeks, we should know a lot more. Excellent. All right, we'll get this out there. Thanks again uh, for all the uh, the work here, Andy, and uh, it's been a good show. Any closing? Right, don't in, in, the anchor, by, uh, anchor part without Dan's interview on there. Yeah, that'll be on there too. It's about a 15-minute interview, and um, that'll be on the anchor uh, broadcast only. All right, everyone, thanks right. for listening. Have a good day. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs>